Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Today is Tuesday, May 12, 2020. On this day in 1932, 20-month-old Charles Augustus Lindbergh Jr., the kidnapped son of famed aviator Charles Lindbergh, was found dead. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the Lindbergh baby's kidnapping, which took a tragic turn two months after criminals snatched the child from his home. Now let's go back to May 12, 1932, on Hopewell Princeton Road, just north of Mount Rose, New Jersey. William Allen had been sitting in the truck for hours and he couldn't hold it anymore. He had to pee. He told his partner, Orville Wilson, they had to make a stop. The problem was there was nowhere to stop. That was doubly true for William and Orville, a pair of working-class black men driving through segregated New Jersey. They wouldn't be welcome in many diners or rest stops. So, with no better options, Orville pulled over on the side of the highway. A few feet from the edge of the road, overgrown trees and bushes promised some degree of privacy. William scrambled from the passenger seat and marched off into the woods. He'd just unzipped his pants and was about to do his business when something caught his eye, an oddly shaped lump partially buried in the dirt. William couldn't quite make out what the mystery object was, but it seemed to be wrapped in flannel cloth held together with blue silk thread. Intrigued, William strode closer, and in moments he regretted it. Because up close, the fabric-wrapped, lifeless form in the dirt was unmistakable. It wasn't discarded trash or an animal's nest. He couldn't keep the horrifying revelation to himself. William shouted to Orville, My God, there's a child, a dead child, over there. Up next, the Lindbergh family's worst nightmare comes true when their baby is kidnapped and murdered. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. 
On May 12, 1932, truck driver William Allen stumbled upon the partially buried body of a 20-month-old child. He immediately called the police, who identified the corpse as the kidnapped Lindbergh baby. He'd been missing for over two months. On the night of March 1st, the Lindbergh's nanny noticed that Charles Jr. was missing from his room. His father, famous aviator Charles Lindbergh, mother Anne, and investigators found a ladder outside the house. A ransom note lay by the open window to Charles' room. It promised the toddler's safe return in exchange for $50,000, the equivalent of almost a million dollars today. But there was no lead on who the kidnapper could be, and the ransom note didn't give any instructions on how to pay or get in contact with them, so there was nothing the family could do but wait. The first break came five days later, on March 6th, when Charles received a letter in the mail upping the ransom to $70,000. Through a complicated series of notes and newspaper announcements, the Lindberghs tried to negotiate with the kidnappers. It didn't go well. On March 30th, another missive threatened to bump the fee up to $100,000. The stakes were getting higher every day. Eager to get their son back, the Lindberghs agreed to pay $70,000, They gave the cash to an intermediary, Dr. John Condon, who continued communication with the kidnappers. One night, Condon got an anonymous phone call with instructions for an in-person meeting. Condon waited at the appointed time and place, but the kidnapper didn't show. Instead, a cab driver delivered an unsigned note. The message directed Condon to another hidden missive, This, in turn, gave him instructions to meet with a mysterious man who identified himself as John. All the cloak and dagger went nowhere. Condon refused to hand over the cash without proof that John really had the Lindbergh baby. At the time of their meeting, John couldn't confirm that he was the kidnapper. Eventually, the captor mailed Condon an item of Charles Jr.'s clothing. Negotiations opened again, and Condon handed over $50,000 of the ransom. In exchange, John promised that the Lindberghs would be reunited with their baby. They just had to fetch him from a boat called Nellie, docked off of Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. In early April, police descended on the piers near Martha's Vineyard. They searched far and wide for the Nellie, but they couldn't locate it or the Lindbergh baby. There was no trace of Charles Jr., nor any hint of what they should do next. The case had seemingly stalled. The Lindberghs didn't hear from the ransomers again. Police expanded their investigation, but leads were scarce. Until May 12th, when William Allen found a body in the woods four and a half miles from the Lindbergh's house. A subsequent examination confirmed the Lindbergh's worst fears. Their son was dead. The body was badly deteriorated. A post-mortem examination confirmed that the Lindbergh baby had died over two months before, probably the same night he'd been kidnapped. All of the ransom negotiations, the $50,000 payout, and the false hope had been a cruel lie. 
the child abductor never had any intention of bringing Charles Jr. home. For investigators, there was a silver lining to the tragedy. Now that the kidnapping case was a murder investigation, federal divisions like the FBI had jurisdiction. President Franklin Roosevelt even got the U.S. Department of Justice involved. With the increased manpower, police finally identified a person of interest, Bruno Hauptmann. He deposited cash at several New York City banks, and investigators matched the serial numbers to the money Condon had given John. A search of Hauptmann's home produced even more ransom bills. When he was arrested, police noticed that Hauptmann bore a striking similarity to John, as Condon had described him. Furthermore, handwriting analysis matched Hauptmann's handwriting with that in the ransom notes. In January 1935, Hauptmann stood trial for kidnapping and murder. He was found guilty and executed via electric chair on April 3, 1936. But his death brought little closure to the Lindberghs or to the man who'd found their baby's body. The Lindberghs had offered a $25,000 reward for any tips related to Charles Jr.'s disappearance. When William tried to collect, the parents refused to pay. He had to appeal to the governor, who granted a fraction of the sum, $5,000. Charles Lindbergh never deigned to speak to William Allen or even shake his hand. His coldness seemed to stem from the fact that William was a black man. Even in the midst of a personal family tragedy, racism reared its ugly head. William's mistreatment was just one more travesty in an already twisted case, but the crime left one positive legacy. Because of Charles Lindbergh Jr.'s murder, today, kidnapping is a federal offense. Divisions like the FBI can utilize their resources to locate abductees and bring them home safely. Perhaps in the wake of the Lindbergh's tragedy, justice can be better served in the future. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To hear more stories of kidnapping investigations and ransom negotiations, be sure to check out ParCast Original, Hostage. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 